Hey everyone, and welcome to the brand new podcast, How to Pair Beer with Everything, brought to you by NEPACene.com. I am Derek Warren, uh, one of your co-hosts. My other co-host, Rich Howells, isn't with me right now. I just wanted to give a little preamble before we get the show going. This is our first episode, so we're working out all the fun kinks and just getting accustomed to doing everything. Uh, but as we get going with this, we're going to start having some guests come in and start really working through a lot of crazy, fun things. Uh, the point of the podcast really is to focus on beer, but then go off on our fun tangents, which you get to hear us do in this very episode as we dive into a ton of horror movies and our wonderful, fun-filled childhoods that are seemingly being ruined by much of pop culture today. But I hope you enjoy the show, and if you want to get in touch with us, you can just find a link on nepacene.com, that's scene, S-C-E-N-E, uh, and just drop an email over to Rich and... Let us know what you think. Hope you enjoy. We'll get this one started right now. I'm Derek Warren. You might know me from uh, my articles on NEPAC and how to pair beer with everything, uh, Beer Geeks Radio Hour, and several other crazy outlets talking and writing about beer. I am joined by uh, Mr. Rich Howells, the creator of NEPAC, and I guess my boss, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a fun way, sure. Yeah. In a roundabout way. Yep. And uh, you might recognize my uh, nerdy, nasally voice from the NEPAC podcast as well. we're getting into, instead of being a typical beer review podcast, you know, I do enough of that with everything else going on in life, uh, this is kind of more of an examination of beer through the senses as I do with the article each week. But we're going to be able to have room to go off on tangents. I'm going to be happy instead of being on trust or radio, I can cuss when I feel like it. If I want to throw in a shit, I can do that. No one's going to get mad or push the old dump button you have to put up with all the time. It's <laughs> always a fun one to watch. Uh, so I mean, we're going to be able to just really have this open-ended to everything, but, you know, focusing on beer without becoming overly snooty or things like that. But the, the whole point of this is to examine beer through all the senses and, you know, be aware that this is something, you know, if you've ever, uh, have you ever been over to Germany, Rich, at all, or toured over? I have not. Okay. If you ever go, if you ever had the luxury of being able to go to Germany or go somewhere that's a, you know, a beer culture area, we'll say, and get to sit out deck in a nice beer garden on a lovely German afternoon with some music in the background, having some German sausages and a lager, and you think, this is a slice of heaven. This is, you will have that memory of this being the best beer you ever had. Then you come home, and let's say, you know, for all intents and purposes, everything else is equal, the beer is fresh, the beer is the same as you would over there, but you're having it on your couch, your significant other is upset with you, if you have kids and they're screaming, if you had a crappy day, all of these things factor in. All of a sudden, you know what? This beer is not as good. It's still good. It's not life-changing. And there's nothing else changed in it, just the environment. And that's what this whole thing is about, is kind of examining it and saying, all right, how can we make the environment the best as possibly, you know, out there? Because there's so many different things that affect it. And, you know, that's what we want to do, is just kind of set that up. And, you know, we have to throw this out. My tastes are going to be a little my own, as riches are going to be riches. You know, it's going to be something into on your on yourself of what you like and what you're bringing to it. 
but it's just more to get you aware, uh, thinking about the possibilities of everything. You know, because when we were kids, what, what was your favorite movie growing up, Rich? Um, uh, I would I have to say, you know, all the the uh, the classic kid stuff. I mean, you know, I like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and things like that. You know, uh, and all the 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 classic Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, you know, Goonies, all that kind of good stuff. You know, all that that the real classic, uh, you know, films that uh, you, they just don't make like that anymore. Now, do you remember what was the first movie that, that scared you? Hmm. Um. You know, Ghostbusters has some scary moments. I think you know when you're when you're a little kid. Um, I don't know if it necessarily uh, uh, scared me though. It, you know, it was interesting because uh, you know I'm, I'm real into horror movies now, but as a kid, I didn't really grow up with them at all. Yeah, um, R was to me when I was a kid. I'll tell you this: when I was a kid, I always thought R meant it was just basically a form. <laughs> I was just scared to death. I was told it was the devil incarnated, basically. So I never said anything with R. It was cool because my parents were actually really open-minded. Like, they didn't mind. Like, if I actually requested an R movie, they would have let me watch it as a young kid. But, um, you know, they weren't really around in the house. So, you know, I didn't really think to go get them or anything like that. It wasn't until uh, probably the, 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 the scariest, like, creepiest thing I saw was, you know, as a teenager, uh, me and my cousin rented The Shining. And I had never seen anything like that before. You know, it was it was brand new to me. Like I had seen maybe, you know, a couple of horror films, uh, but nothing on that level uh, w- w- with that atmosphere. And I think what really got me was was just the uh, the being alone in a giant hotel like that. And and those types of moments, you know, it's it's not like the uh, the 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 blood or the 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 ghosts or you know even you know Jack Nicholson you know like you don't appreciate maybe those things until you're a little older. Anything with a kid too, when you can relate to that kid. Yeah. Out there, it's so much more just enveloping of like you're in it. And right. You're, you're terrified. Yeah, and that 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 really you know I w- I was you know I was I was a teenager at that point, so you know I was probably uh you know a little older than than you know you 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 necessarily mean by a kid, but. Uh, but yeah, it was still it had an effect on me, and it still it still creeps me out to this day watching it. Well, there's there's a lot like where I was going with it was you know when I was a kid, I remember watching that Beetlejuice was the first time I remember I was I was hmm. I think ten or I don't know eleven I don't remember how old I was when that came out. I just remember being scared of it, and then it's like it's something like you have these memories that are associated with things like you're you're scared of this, you remember this film. I mean, I remember being hmm, maybe like eight or nine years old, and one of my friends' his older brother had a Friday the Thirteenth had a copy of it. And just the copy scared the crap. I mean, it was a VHS copy. And, uh, you know, just that scared the crap out of me. Then I got older and watched it and said, like, golly, why was I ever scared of that? Yeah. And, like, you have these memories that kind of are associated with things for whatever reason. And that's in a roundabout way I was getting to this. Like, you have these memories associated, you know, with tastes or with things you've seen or heard. And it can change and develop over time. And that's going to happen with things like fear as well. That, you know, all these things are going to affect it. If you sat down watching know your favorite movie and you had this fear like you have this association like we've all been through that like, you know a song that reminds you of somebody or something ha- like all of these things can really affect one another and that's kind of what i want to talk, you know get into with all this and of course you know rich and i being horror guys we're gonna of course get into that every once in a while because i can't uh, i can't avoid that conversation that's uh part of who i am <laughs> <laughs> but no there's a lot of uh, overlap too within this because I mean, the nerd culture which you know we've all know it's kind of been co-opted and I won't go off on that tang tangent about everything. Not yet, anyway. No, but 
we'll, we'll get there. I'll have a little more of this to drink. Won't go off on that one. <laughs> but that, that's a whole thing that, you know, growing up to us, you know, Rich and I have the same viewpoint on, like, nerdism is, you know, you have this uh, really focused attention on something, and you tend to become a collector. You know, some people might say hoarder, depending on how your collection goes. Uh, and I was telling Rich before we started that I actually had a bunch of bottles in my basement. The basement flooded, and I was going to hold on to them, and then I realized how stupid and futile that was. I wound up throwing them out. But <laughs> we all, you know, there's a lot of people in the beer culture that, that have that same viewpoint. They, they are very avid collectors of beer. They'll do the beer trading. They'll save their bottles. They'll save their caps. They'll do all these things to have this collection of something that they once had. And that's there's a lot of overlap into that. And there's a lot of that focused attention in that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to like really develop in this. So let's get into the beer now because we've actually been having some of this. So what we're doing for our kickoff, I figured, let's do something really nice uh, from Heavy Seas Beer. Now, this is a brewery that I love. Uh, on the other radio show I do, um, we actually had their brewmaster call in and go through a lot of stuff, and they're a really solid brewery with a lot of really good things. This is one that he actually talked to me about when we were discussing things. They were just getting ready to do it. And what this is is uh, their Blackbeard's Breakfast. It's a bourbon barrel-aged coffee porter. That's the best way to describe it. It's, it's an American porter, but there's a lot of fresh brewed coffee, and I believe they got it from a local roaster. Uh, it's 10% ABV. But it's it's surprising because, one, it doesn't come across like that high in alcohol. No, definitely. Yeah, you don't get that, like those uh, fumes that some of them will get. And it's also really smooth, but not uh, – because some of the porters uh, I've talked about before in writing and things, that some porters will cross into that territory of being like a stout, really heavy and thick. And this still stays solid as a porter. It's a, it's a little thinner body, but just super enjoyable. But you get all those, the coffee definitely comes through a lot in this one. Yeah, and there's there's a little bit of a heat there uh, to it, but uh, but not overwhelming in any way. No, it's nothing like this at burn. And there's been, we, we've done, I've, I've had like numerous bourbon barrel beers where, oh, that heat just kind of kills you in the back. <laughs> it just really comes through. Yeah. But no, this, this is super smooth. This is a really nice dessert beer. You get some really nice notes of, chocolate there's even a little bit of hints of vanilla in there but it's just super smooth and really enjoyable i mean this this is the kind of beer that you want to sit and relax with this isn't uh an all-night party type beer probably because the 10 percent won't lie to <laughs> after you have a little bit of this you're going to want to fall asleep uh but this is this is a really good one i would say like the ideal setting for this one's kind of like you know sitting at home like how we are now just kind of sit and relax have a nice conversation with somebody on the back porch or Something like that. This isn't something I would go out and, you know, plan on having a couple of these later out at night because this isn't going to end well. You, <laughs> you have a couple of these. This is one of those uh, you wake up on the floor and don't remember how you got there type deals. Yeah, this is a definitely the uh, the end of the night kind of beer. Uh, you know, maybe after you've had a few, you know, you come home and, and maybe you finish off with this. Yeah. Or, you know, like you said, maybe you're just kind of relaxing at home and you have a few. But, uh, yeah, it's got a, a, a really great flavor to it. And uh, it, it even uh, it, it conjures up a little bit, you know. I don't know if it does this for you, but uh, you know, you uh, I, we're, we're drinking them in the official glasses here yeah, with the the heavy seas glass, which is you know a little uh, pirate crossbone symbol and stuff, and the the little cask on the bottom, and uh, it it does give it almost has that feel to it too a little bit, you know. It conjures up those images of uh, the, the yeah <laughs> yeah, but maybe maybe at the end of a long day of pirating. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's the one thing. Heavy Seas is really known. Like, all their, their beers have some type of pirate theme to it. I actually don't even know. I didn't ask them, like, why they went for that. But uh, they have that. And there's all that. They're all, you know, themed that way and everything. But that will lead into some other stuff coming up. 
But uh, no, there's a lot of really good things in this. And this is one. I, I, this is one of the beers I have actually haven't had. That's why I thought it'd be nice to to crack this open for the first show because I never had this one. So let's you know we'll start out fresh with something I uh, don't have a pre-programmed data bank in my head about. Yeah. Because I didn't get to have this one, so we're uh, we're doing it live. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and then no, let's get on to the, the music stuff now. Cause this is the one thing like you know I have a big background in that. Like I used to play a lot and everything. I don't really uh, do it anymore just because of time and but to me, I, I, I was thinking about this when I was first thinking about this beer. I kind of jotted down a few thoughts I had from previous porters and things like that of where my mind tends to go, and it does kind of line up. Because to me, I would think like having something like this with some maybe uh, I hate using the term because to me it's been overdone like the gothic rock stuff. Isn't that even to me? I think of like the SNL skit or something. Like <laughs> gothic people sitting around. But I'm thinking like stuff like Bauhaus or, or something like that. I think this would be a really good because it's got a little bit of energy, but it's still kind of relaxing. Like if you fell asleep, you wouldn't be suddenly jarred awake by anything. Yeah. Do you, do you listen to, to Bauhaus or any other? I like uh, a lot of that uh, that eighties tinge sort of goth music. Uh, I like like bands like uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Birthday Massacre at all. Yeah. Um, like that kind of stuff I'm really into where it kind of has a throwback feel, but there's a little bit of a uh, modern tinge to it, you know? So and yeah, I kind of like the, the dancey feel to it. Um, but I also like, uh, like in their case, they have uh, kind of like the heavy metal riffing, but these high, you know, female melodic vocals and stuff too. So it, it gives it this interesting mix. That's, uh, you know, a little bit different than, than you would expect. Like they're different elements coming together really well. And, so, yeah, I, I kind of maybe picture something along those lines. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little more relaxing. I like that, that uh, deep kind of baritone voice, a lot of those, like the Bauhaus. Or oh, right. Like fields of uh, Nephilim. Okay. I, mean, I don't think so. Kind of, I don't even know how I stumbled on them. I really don't know how I found them. And I just, that voice, um, you know, there's the 69 Eyes is another band. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with them. Kind of like, you know, a deeper voice, like hypo-negative type stuff. Like sure. I, I've always enjoyed that vocal range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know how much that tears in your body. I'm not a singer, never was, so <laughs> could not tell you how much that tears. But I was just thinking, like, you know, things I have, like, jotted down, like, you know, Sisters of Mercy, mm-hmm. Echo and the Bunnymen was another one. Like, I always love Echo and the Bunnymen. Okay, yeah, I, I could dig that. And uh, they actually, I was doing, I found on Amazon, I was screwing around one day, I was, like, looking for some Echo and the Bunnymen stuff to see if it was on, I have Amazon Prime, and I got to tell you, I love the music stuff, because you can find anything you want, you don't have to pay any extra for it. But they have, uh, I think it's the guitarist and the drummer from Echo and the Bunny have a new band and they're called Poltergeist hmm. and it's just solely instrumental it's like old school Echo and the Bunny Men just no vocals on and stuff but uh, anyway I was just I was really jamming on that one like the Smiths and the cult things like that were kind of like I just pick, picture with something like this having that big alcohol punch you don't want to have something that's going to get you too riled up yeah <laughs> you also don't want something that's going to be too soothing and then you just pass out on the floor yeah you want a nice little mid-range and plus Sure. A little, little dark with it and everything. Just to kind of have a little bit of relaxing, things like that. You know, and then this is another one. I really don't get into the food too much in the writing. But I would think, like, with this, this is a really good dessert one. Like, this would be one to kind of end the night with and end everything off with. And just have some, like, cake or just something really sweet with this. Because, you know, another one I would, you know, less easy pairing would be with, like, a steak. Mm. Something really nice. I think it's a dark red meat type deal. But just, like, a really... This is going to have a lot of flavor punch to whatever you're, you're pairing this one up with. 
All right. Let's get on to movies then. Okay. Because that's always a fun topic. Because you know what I actually have written down on this? The Goonies. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, the, the pirate theme, yeah, you know, kind of gives that. Thinking about it right off the bat was just like yeah. a lot of the pirate theme stuff that's going on. Because in this heavy season, you, you know, it's the Goonies. It's just, and that kind of got me going with like thinking about my childhood and stuff like that, too. And there's a lot. Yeah. That. It's like, you got to go with good stuff. It's just, it's a really nice matchup because, you know, sometimes there, there's a thought I have. Maybe it's just me. Like, you know, when I, when I think back to childhood and there, there's like a part of me that doesn't want to, I don't know, get drunk while I'm watching one of my favorite movies as a kid because I feel like it's like <laughs> sacrilegious or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I was thinking about that. Like, I wound up watching some stuff at Christmas and I was having a drink. And for some reason, I felt that. I'm like, that'd be really bizarre because you feel like you're crapping on your childhood or something. But anyway. No, this is, this one really pairs up nicely to me with like stuff like the Goonies, or then you know off of that like Labyrinth, maybe. Hmm. Okay. Like, uh, Dark Crystal. Never ending story. Never ending story. Yeah, yeah. anything like that that's going to go down that tangent, like it just really falls in nicely with that. Because again, it's kind of relaxing. It's got a bit of a punch, but it's you know still something you can fall asleep to, especially if it's like you know people that are on our age. You watch those movies. I don't know how many times. Oh yeah. I mean, you're just going to pass out and just fall asleep anyway, and. Anything. And you know a lot of them too. You know, I was I was going to mention this before. You know, uh, the the way they make kids movies now, they're so sanitized. You know, they really take out all those darker elements. Or oh, this might be spooky for your kids, so we got to make sure that that's not in there. And oh, this might be taken offensively, so we can't have that. You know, and and it's so sanitized to the point where uh, it, it just feels really dumbed down. You know, like they don't trust your kids to be smart enough. To just enjoy the film or to get, you know, some of those things that take that journey. And to think back to, like, our, our childhood, I mean, no, we were the first generation to have, like, the PG-13 type thing. Sure. I mean, the half the stuff that we saw when we were kids, like, oh, my God, we should. Like, <laughs> I went to Raiders of the Lost Ark. I remember seeing the guy's face melt. Right. That would. But at the same time, like, uh, you know, we turned out okay for the most part, you know? Like, we're not all criminals and deviants and everything else because we watched a guy's face melt. In fact, it was a Nazi, and I'm glad his face melted. No, we just learned how to hide it better. That's what <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but no, that, that's, I was thinking about that, too, because there's so many movies when we were kids that we grew up with that, like, there's no way in hell. Like, one, they couldn't remake some of them, like, the actual way they were made. There's oh, no yeah. You could remake some of the stuff, especially some of the stuff in, like, late 70s. Grow up. I mean, that stuff is pretty much illegal yeah and you know so you have that and then versus the you know the rating system wasn't in place like it is now so i mean all the stuff that goes on now and you see people getting upset about whatever things in superhero comics or oh i know it's like that's nothing and they they overanalyze it to death i mean now it's like this culture of let's get offended by everything you know like I get, like, there's some things where, you know, we should be talking about these things. Like, yeah, okay, maybe there should be stronger female characters in some of these superhero films. I, I'm, I'm on, I'm, I get that. But, like, to overanalyze, like, every little piece of dialogue, you know, down to, like, you know, oh, well, she turned her head this way and it should have been that way. You know, like, it, it's just way, way too much. And I, I, th I think, you know, we, we should take a, a – now that we're uh, – we have better. I, I think. I think uh, we've come a long way in terms of, uh, especially superhero films. You know, just just how well structured they can be, as opposed to the old days where they all kind of fit the same kind of cliche mold. I just think Superman three was cliche. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, what the hell was wrong with people that they thought that was a good idea at any point in time? You know, like they're, okay, the 80s was coke ridden. <laughs> that's true. 
I mean, you know, and if if if, if you're you're talking uh, drug ridden, then I guess Richard Pryor was a good one <laughs> That's to, why he was right <laughs> to 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 put in there. You know, all respect to Richard Pryor, of oh, course. Yeah. You know, in his prime. Oh yeah, but uh, nothing's been hidden about that man's past. No, <laughs> certainly not. No, that, that's it's just interesting to see with the way things have developed now, and like you know, the movies that like you know, how Jurassic World like this were. Let's get oh yeah, that's another one. Yeah, it, it, it's like all these things going on and stuff that we grew up with. I mean, I remember the only thing I remember from my childhood was, that was a big to do was Ghoulies. You remember when Ghoulies? Yeah, yeah. And it was funny because I was listening to an interview with Charles Band, and he was talking about that, and he said the complaint he got from a lot of people as he got older, or as as the kids grew up and got older. That was that they the kids commercials scare the shit out of them to the point where they couldn't go to the bathroom. <laughs> and it was funny because when I heard him say that, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, right. I had the same thing. I forgot about that because I remember that being a kid and going to the video store and seeing that little gremlin popping up out of the toilet. Right. And it just scared the crap out of me. And then when I actually watched it, these were stupid movies. Sure. There's nothing scary about it at all. That's what like that's the other thing that was great about '80s movies was all the stuff that you thought was going to be. Absolutely terrifying. It was a complete joke. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's the fact that it gets into your imagination. It's maybe not even necessarily what you're seeing, but the thought of it. Like, you might not have thought of, uh, you know, something popping out of your toilet before. But now that that thought's in there, you know, as a kid, then your mind just starts going like crazy. You know, like, I might have never thought, uh, you know, like, ghosts were, were you know, scary in any way but i used to have you know uh nightmares as a kid about ghosts where else did that come from but unsolved mysteries when we were kids yeah always and there was always some killer that they didn't find yeah they always leave the show off like that so you know even just the music to that was just (laughs) creepy in its own way you know it just had that vibe to it i just remember i was like nine years old and it was always end. it would always end it was on a friday night the show would always end with a ghost story or some killer that's out there that's never been caught, and they throw up his mugshot, and it would just. And I don't. When you're nine, you don't know geography. You, you think where you're at, everyone like is you know within a 15 minute radius. It's like, right. No idea. And it's like, oh my god, he's out there. <laughs> so you have to go to, and it's like, all right, go to bed. Like, what the hell? Like, and then you talk about like how things are now. It's like, oh, we're ruining kids. Like, no, you're not. Like, throw that kind of stuff on. Like, the, sure. The stuff on there, just like even the you know the cartoons you watched when we were kids. All that stuff. Everything was just. I mean, I remember watching the Transformers movie. Oh yeah. Oh, that that scarred me. Yeah. I mean, I my, I remember the story. My father could not console me. I was when up. Spoiler: When Optimus Prime dies, <laughs> I, I was I could not stop crying. And same with the GI Joe movie. I remember seeing that. Yeah. You don't do that. That's actually why they changed the GI Joe movie. Uh, because originally Duke was gonna die. And when they saw the the response that they got from killing Optimus Prime, they actually went back and added a part, which it makes sense now, like if you watch it as an adult, um, because you don't actually see him get better on screen. There's just a, a part where he comes in and there's a, uh, I forget which Joe says it, but he says, oh, and by the way, Duke's going to be okay. And everyone just cheers. And it's like, it's so thrown in there that you realize, oh yeah, that was probably some other line and they overdubbed it just to let people died? know. I feel like I, I remember watching when I was a kid, I remember Duke dying. I don't know if, I don't know if that's just a... There, there is the, I mean, the, the probably the most dramatic scene in the movie is when he gets stabbed with the, like, the snake thing, you know, that, like, goes into his chest. But you never see him get better, so maybe that's why. Like, you know, it might have been, that, that probably happened. I went off in the corner to cry. Right. <laughs> I never saw. 
Yeah. Just kind of was like, oh, my God. Because they just mention it. Like, they don't even, like, because I guess they learned their lesson. You know, they, they scarred a lot of kids by, uh, you know, I, I, was, I wasn't huge on Transformers. Uh, it was weird. I don't know why I missed that one out of all of the different, like, uh, you know, I was in a He-Man and Turtles and all that kind of stuff. But uh, for some reason, I wasn't like huge on Transformers. So I didn't see it till later. So it didn't really like scar me as much because like it was like, oh, OK, you know, like I'm older now. It doesn't bother me. But like, you know, there's some other stuff to, like uh, I never saw it until uh, years later as an adult. I only saw parts of it on TV. It used to scare me. Return to Oz. You ever see that one? Seriously, it, it's not a sequel to Wizard of Oz the way you would think of a, a, a sequel, you know? Like the part, I, 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 for some reason, you know how like you, you turn on the TV and it's always at the same part over and over again? Like it's such a weird phenomenon. Uh, I would turn it on to the part where she's walking down this like uh, this hall and there's all these heads in the hall and they all like kind of wake up at the same time. Like they all open their eyes and they start like screaming and that's just like that that image is burned in my mind for the rest of my life because you know watching that as a kid i remember just sitting building legos and flicking the channels like in my room watching tv and stopping on that i'm wondering what that was cuz you know the the music is building up and everything and you see that and you're just like oh my god there's a bunch of severed heads screaming at this kid like that sticks with you you know well, it's, it's so funny to stop when you're kids i still remember cuz my like i said like my parents were babies were watching but it was fine i couldn't watch our movies I watched probably every movie in the Vincent Price canon, like, out there. I watched all the black and white. My mother allowed me to watch all those. I used to watch uh, Uncle Ted late at night. You remember Uncle Ted? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I watched, I used to record them if I wasn't going to be able to make it through the night. And, like, I loved all that. But could not watch any of our movies. And, and for that reason, I became obsessed with them. And I remember, like, we, I used to get, like, uh, remember the HBO guides when we were kids, the little books we used to get in the mail? Yeah. And I remember getting, I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street, I think it was the Dream Warriors. I think I think that's what it was. It was there was three, and the the poster art for that was Freddy and his claw coming out, and everybody kind of standing like on the claw. I think that's mm-hmm. Dream Warriors. I don't know the cover that well. And I was I'd never watched it. it, scared the crap out of me. But I would always go back and look at it. I was just like obsessed with it. Yeah. I probably didn't watch that until I was well into my teenage years, and it was probably on Fox edited or something. For the first time. <laughs> I remember the first time I watched one of them. I'm like, scared of this? This is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> and like all this stuff, like when we were kids, like if you're told that like, uh, you know, forbidden fruit type thing or something, like you can't watch that, you you just put in your head like all these thoughts of what it can be. The same thing with Friday the 13th. I was scared of that one as a kid. Mm-hmm. Now it's like I sit and watch like Wichio Kochi films like you know, <laughs> on repeat all the time. I don't bat an eye. And it's like, that, but that stuff when I was a kid absolutely terrified me because you're told whatever it is, that's, you know, your, your mind is filling in the gaps more than anything else. Oh, sure. And that's what gets tough with that stuff because you're up against that. And it's like, I remember, you, remember, you remember watching Doug cartoons? Yeah, I love Doug. Okay, that was one of my favorite cartoons. And I still remember the one. Did you ever see the one where you went to see the, the horror movie? There was a little, I mean, Doug, the horror movie, which was like a monster thing. Yeah. And then the whole thing, it like covered his eyes. And then he oh, went, right, and yeah. He sat through and saw the zipper, and that was the whole thing. Yeah. Like, but this whole, the whole thing, it kept thinking of like how scary it was. And that's what we wound up doing when we were kids, like looking at this stuff. Like we don't get what's going on. Even when we're older, I mean, there's so much stuff that you kind of, your mind still will do that. But just it's so much different when you're a kid. And you still, but it's funny because your mind filled in those gaps. And when you're older, you, you almost can't distinguish between the two. 
Yeah. And you kind of tend to forget what, what was like, right, what did I actually see? What did I think I was going to see? Right. And going back and forth on that kind of gets, that line gets really faded over time. But I, I feel like, you know, we're, we're better for it, you know, in the long run. You know, like, like you know, maybe it was things we quote unquote shouldn't have seen. But, you know, in reality, you know, I, I, I think, uh, you know, not only did we walk away okay, but like it, it, it just keeps that imagination going, you know, and like I feel like there's, uh, you know, generations growing up now that that don't have that level of imagination because everything has to be spelled out. I saw this interesting thing the other day about, um, you know, how, you know, jump scares are, are you know, really the, the, the shtick with horror movies now. And, uh, you know, it's so much so that um, when there's movies that uh, that don't focus so much on that. Then um, they're 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 not considered as scary, quote unquote, by the audiences because kids growing up now are growing up with a different version of what horror is or what scary is and things like that. So they expect those kinds of things over and over again. And if they don't get that, if it's not uh, you know something that's a little more uh, about the environment and you know about getting immersed in it and things. Sure. Yeah, you know, if 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 you don't, if you see that, and and you're not, you're expecting, you know, every five seconds something's going to jump out at me, and they're going to play the high music at that that part, you know, then you're going to go, oh, well, this wasn't scary, and it's like, well, that's not really scary, you know, it's supposed to be this buildup of tension, you know, and and uh, you know, I mean, look at the difference between something like uh, the the Halloween that that we grew up with seeing, and uh, you know, the the Rob Zombie Halloween. And you can see the difference in how horror is looked at today, uh, you know, uh, one or the other. And this is it's weird because, you know, here's a guy who grew up with this stuff, who loved it. And it's almost like he didn't get it. Like he didn't get what he was. You know, it's it's, it's, it's bizarre. The way studios look at it now, too, is that's what it is. It's like they, they want to have a scare every whatever set period of time to keep the eye instead of like this slow build and that burn at the end. Like, you know, I, mean, I hate the term that slow burn. Movies that uh, you've seen, have you seen House of the Devil? Yes, okay, like, loved House yeah, of the Devil. I, I, like stuff like that, like that's classic horror. Sure, and it's kind of gotten that term now, slow burn. Right, but you know it, that's what it should be. It should have that suspense. You should have an investment in it. It shouldn't just be all right. Look, every every ten minutes we gotta have a girl popping her tits out. Every fifteen minutes someone's <laughs> gotta get killed, and, and then every twenty five minutes there's gotta be a loud screeching sound. Like I. You know, as bad as it is, I forget what I was watching the other day, and, and it was, oh, you know, I, there was this old, uh, was it, I think it was Australian, it was called Stage Fright. Yeah. Really good old, have you ever seen Stage Fright? All right, there's a scene in the beginning where the woman's in her car, and I forgot about this, like, she's sitting in her car, and they're, they're building a suspense because the killer's out there, and then the classic trope of those old movies, she's sitting in her car, and for some ungod reason, a cat jumps out of the back seat and that's the loud scare right and like i would take that over half the crap that they throw at us now because like you know whatever even the the marketing of it you see like the commercials and it's all uh the the night vision cameras pointed at the audience and it's like you're you're, you're watching these like losers you know jumping up in their seats <laughs> you know Whoa! and that's supposed to like get you in the theater and the, the the thing that I take away from those is like you're showing me less of the movie and more of what I should be doing at the movie. So you're telling me how to feel about it before I go in. A and B, you're not showing me the film, which means the film probably isn't very good. Sure. The rest of the movie isn't it? Isn't, I mean, 
even a worse movie. There might be one scene where they get you on a jump thing, and that's it. Yeah. But it's a jump scare. It's not a legit scare. It's just like like if you're sitting down and someone comes over and just screams in your ear all of a sudden, you're, you're going to jump. Right. That doesn't mean you're like legitimately scared. It means you're startled, and there's a huge difference of those two things. Yeah, and, and you know, as you as you do that over and over again, it kind of wears the audience down. Where there's not, you know, no matter what you do at the end, at that point, it's like, all right, I've already jumped like thirty times. Like I'm done. You know, like the tension is gone at that point. Yeah, it's just it, you, know, you go back to like you know, William Castle days of horror with the Tingler. Yeah. They went out and put stuff in the seats in the movie theater. There's, I don't remember where it is, but there's a theater, I believe, because he was from down the Baltimore region, and there's a theater I think still down there that still has. The apparatus is hooked up wow. to the chairs that they just never took them down. I don't know if they still run them every once in a while or not, but it would be great to see if they do. <laughs> if someone would want to die from that or something. Now, now that I would pay to see. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just sad because like those those days, it, it's changing though. I think because like you, especially in the horror community, like you're seeing a lot more people like going around like those old days. I mean, like that was William Castle used to have to go around and, and take his movies and then uh, just go around. starting to see that more because the movie community, you know, the way things are, they're not investing in original ideas. Right. They're investing in, you know, not, you know I haven't seen Jurassic World, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, and then, surprisingly. Yeah, and, but I mean, like, they're, they're investing more in things like that, these franchises and things like that, or what they can franchise, or a remake, or things like that. They're not, they're not putting that money out. Like, every once in a while, you get a, you know, like, well, Bob the Big Dreamer, they didn't put it in the theater here, but they have that, uh, so I haven't seen it followed yet. I don't know. Did you get a chance to that one? Or I no? didn't get to yet. Because that, that was when I wanted to see that. That's starting to get like a following. But that yeah. was built on a grassroots and they picked it up. But they're not backing a lot of those things. So you're starting to see that kind of harken back. And I think that's an awesome thing to see. Like, you know, where's that going to go? Right. You know, as it develops, like, it'd be really cool. And it'd be nice to see that throw back. And I think what's eventually going to happen, it's going to be funny to see the kids growing up now with this uh, very ADD viewpoint on movies and, and things, how they are once they start going to come back in cycles and they get back really into the psychological horror. Yeah. Because they're going to not know what's going on because they've never experienced it. And, you know, it'll eventually come back around. Like, I, I love them. Like, I can't wait for that. Like, I mean, I, I miss those. Like, I still will sit and watch my old 70s, you know, giallos and, you know, how, you know, as bad as some of those old movies are, there's heart in them. And that's what I, that's what I miss. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's a big difference where, you know, people don't seem to understand that just because it's a quote-unquote bad movie uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you can't get a different kind of enjoyment out of it, you know. And I, th- I think, you know, uh, Mystery Science Theater did a great job of in- reintroducing that idea to people that you can watch something that's supposed to be bad and still enjoy it in some way. Um, and But there, there, uh, there are movies like that, uh, you know, horror films in particular, uh, where the it's almost like you wish that they would uh they would go back and and see what worked before and you know try and bring that back to uh you know a new generation like you said you're you're starting to see that a little bit but i still feel like uh like for example just recently the uh the uh jason directors uh had said that they were going to make a new jason movie but it was it's was going to be found footage and then they heard from enough people 
that that it was a really bad idea. But it took that. It took yeah. like someone else jumping in. And it's like, why did you put that guy in charge in the first place? You know that that he actually thought at that point that that was a good idea. That he had to have people tell him over and over again that that was bad. From what it seems like it's kind of the studio has an idea of like this is what we want it to be, and we're gonna find someone that will do that, and they just keep having people come in. Because I, I heard a bunch of directors have interviewed for that, and when they told them this is what we want to do, they just said absolutely, <laughs> and then they said okay, and they just pushed them out the door, and they kept doing that until they could find uh, until they found someone who was like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, like, oh, well, I got Right. <laughs> and like they just kind of went with it. And then what, once that leaked, because enough of those directors that got called in were so pissed off that they were doing that, kind of leaked it out there like, look, uh, this is what's happening. And everyone just flipped their lid because they did such a botched job on the last one, which I was so bummed about because I remember when they announced they were going to do that remake, the, the directors and the writers, everybody came out and said, look, we are huge fans of the original. We love the original. We want to pay homage to the original. That's what we're here to do. And I was like, that's great. Like, that's what I want to hear. I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> it was yeah. It was not, I would have rather watch Jason X ten times than mm-hmm. watch that because it, it was just I don't know what you're doing. And it's it's super forgettable. Oh, yeah. You know, like like I couldn't tell you much about it now. Now that I th- like because I I don't think I saw it since it came out. Yeah, that was one of those ones you put on while you're, you like, might be doing something else. Like you'll put it on and then you'll be like, oh, I get the vibe, and then you start doing other stuff. And right. You, you kind of you're like, oh, okay. Then it's over. And like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Move on to something else. Sure. Like that, that's what's the most disappointing is that it's. I understand the business at the end of the day. You got to make money and you got to do stuff. And there's going to be stuff that, you know, that, and, and for all that, you know, the, the remake of Friday the 13th might be someone's favorite movie. Sure. There, there's at least one person out there that's like, I love that. That's great. But I just miss those old days of like, look, you don't have a lot of money. And that's, what we, that, that's where we're starting to see it is that, look, I don't have a lot of money. So they got to be inventive and make it work somehow. And that's how those things are happening. Have you seen The Battery? No. The Battery, I think it was $3,000 to make that movie. Wow. And became this, like, huge indie hit. Just real low-budget, like, zombie-type movie, but different, really character-driven type deal. But just really underground. That's what they did. And that's, they just said, all right, we're going to make it work with what we have to do. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. And there's another movie that like, just, just was done on uh, a bunch of iPhones. I don't remember what it's called now, but it's going to be coming out soon. They did that. Like, there's a lot of that stuff starting to come up because people are, they're not giving any money to anybody. You're either super indie, like less than a hundred thousand dollars, or here's two hundred million. There are no like yeah. mid range. Like, oh, here's three million. Go make a movie. No one's doing that hmm. unless you're. You know, that's where you see the Kickstarter stuff. No one's getting right. mad about that. But you know, like you know, I understand like Rob Zombie. Okay, does the guy have money? Yeah, but you know what? People want to see his movies and they're willing to invest in it. Why get mad about that? If they want to put the money down, no one's. He's not saying I'm going to kill a puppy for every five minutes. <laughs> he's just putting it out there, and it's your option if you want to put the money down. And if they do, they do. I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's great because you're just uh, all you're doing is flipping the model yeah, in terms of. You're, you're able to do. You, I mean, like I know Dario Argento, like his new film was. Uh, I don't know if it was Kickstarter or one of those. It was a crowdfunded. I mean, I'm interested to see where that's going to be because he claims that that's the problem these past few films is that it's been studio interference. Right. I don't know how you know yeah, how much you can argue that at this point. After, but after enough, I mean, I, I attempted to watch Dracula 3D. Mm. I don't know if you made that attempt. Yeah. 
I I I haven't been able to force myself yet. It, it's it was kind of, I kept hearing all these things about it. I was like, oh, you know what? I'll give it a go. I'm like, all right, yeah. I, I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. That's kind of all I can really. Uh, and it, and it's I understand the whole studio interference, but at some point, it, it's like, all right, after enough misses, I don't know how much studio interference. I'm not saying he's lost it. I, I don't want to say it all because it's like when you have someone that has such a canon of like so many films that I hold so dear. Right. I could never say he lost it. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping there was just some reason a ton of studio But, uh, you know, a big thing with Argento, too, that, uh, you know, is, str- is strange to me is uh, if you look back and you really, you know, analyze or maybe even overanalyze some of his, uh, you know, really great films, they're not really that strong in plot or dialogue or anything yeah. like that. Some of the acting is downright bad. But... It's the the atmosphere and the way that he, yeah, just the way that he builds it and the and the way that he creates that atmosphere and and you know makes it really cinematic. That is really what makes a great Argento film, and that I think is where some a lot of the 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 new ones that he's done are very cheap looking. Um, they're not very artistic in any way. Like they don't feel like like a film. It feels, it feels like just I want to get this done. Yeah. yeah that's kind of Right. But it sucks as like being someone like, you know, watched the Spirit so many times and Inferno, Tenebrae, like all the, I, I think I have like everything of, the, of that classic period. I have like all of those because I've just watched them so many times and I love them. And it was just such a disappointment to see like once the mid 90s start rolling around and then it just starts vastly declining, starts and then a couple, you know, just like, what are you doing? Sure. Because that, that's, that's what makes me question is because, you know, I want to say maybe after like Ten Bray, some people say like Card Player was okay, and then it just kind of started like that was where it was. I'm like, well, it, it couldn't have been immediate studio interference because he had so many hits right in a row. Right. I mean, I don't, you know, that's another thing. To us, they were hits. In the general community, I don't know how it was to them as a business model for, uh, you know, making the movie. To us, they were like their cult favorites. They're, they're out there. But it's just all of a sudden that like, almost immediate. It wasn't like real gradual, like, oh, well, there was this. It was like, doing good, and then boom. Mm. And then just stayed flatlined. Yeah. That was, a, that was the biggest bummer. Cause, I mean, I, when he came back with Mother of Tears, I was expecting so much out of that movie. Sure. I was just so amped for it. I was ready for it. I couldn't even. And some people love it. So, I mean, I don't want to, you know, shit on it too much, but I just really did not care for it. Didn't know what the fuck was going on <laughs> half the time. And it was just, uh, all right. It, it, it was just like such a disappointment because the first two, it was, they're just like classic horror cinema. And then with that, yeah, you, I would that, that should have been the one that you held off on mm-hmm. for crowdfunding to be like, all right, I really want to do what needs to be done instead of just, we'll do it and I'll take cuts for it, you know. Right. But that's the ones I've had. That's what sucks. Like, you see a lot of that stuff, like from, you know, carrying back to like our childhood stuff, like going forward to now, you see a lot of that. Oh, uh, Big Trouble in Little China? Yeah, yeah. He basically came out in the interview and just said, like, I, you know, I don't care. I'll say what they pay me or something. <laughs> he just yeah. Said, no opinion. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, as long as they're giving me a check. That's all you can say at that yeah, point, you know? Also, it's like, that's the one, like, I, I 
hesitate to say this because I don't know what they would do with it, but if they did a remake of They Live, mm-hmm. like, well, it would be amazing. Sure. Because, like, that was, especially now in this day and age, like, that's more than... Anything. Oh, it's so relevant in terms of the message that they're trying to get across. I mean, even, even more so because uh, government mistrust is at an all-time high at this point. So, you know, there's so many people out there, no matter what end of the political spectrum that you end, that you fall on, could get something out of a movie like that if you do it right, yeah. you know. But, yeah, I'm surprised that uh, of all the films that that's not the one just because, uh, you know, it's got that relevant message, A, and B, you know, uh, whoever thought that, uh, you know, Roddy Roddy Piper would, would be so great in that role, so, you know, uh, surprises with somebody new like that, like uh, Batista, for example, surprised the hell out of me in Guardians of the Galaxy. See, I never thought because I I really went in thinking he's going to be the weak link, you know, like that because because uh, you know the for the last how many years uh, the WWE has tried to to throw their wrestlers into different films, uh, mostly unsuccessfully. I think The Rock is one of the few that is not only watchable but really enjoyable and fun. He didn't seem to be as much of the WWE throwing him. That seemed that's true. Yes, he went and did that, and I feel I feel like the I think uh, you know Vince and uh, McMahon and all those guys just went, oh yeah, there's money in that. All right, let's start getting our guys into films. Right, they put those like crappy straight to video horror films and stuff, and you know just just pumping them out, you know, and and but yeah, I mean he he surprised me. He had this this great nuance to the character. Uh, he was so much fun to watch, and he really got it. Like he understood the uh, what James Gunn was trying to do with the film. So I mean, you know, you you never you never know. So I, I'm yeah, I'm surprised that you know something like They Live uh, isn't you know on the on the block yet to be remade. A big trouble I would have not suspected just because it's it's such a niche following. And it's really avant garde, I guess. Yeah. Right, right. It's not going to make any more sense 30 years later. <laughs> you know, and 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 I I want to mention this before too. To be fair to you know, I don't want, I don't want to come off like those guys who like everything in my childhood was awesome and everybody else's you know sucked. You know, there are a sense of nostalgia glasses oh, okay. with anything. Yeah. You know, like uh, you know, the stuff that you grew up with was awesome, and maybe the other stuff you don't get. You know, so I I I understand that because I mean. I mean, how how many of those, uh, you know, Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street movies were just god awful, and f- you know, but but you talk to the, the the hardcore fans, and most of them will freely admit that, yeah. but they just enjoy it anyway. It's all that time and place, and it's like I was saying at the beginning, like you know, even with like having a drink, it's like, like having beer and different, but like you have those tie-ins and stuff, and that's what you hold on to, and right. that's where your brain is, and that's where the comfort comes, and it's just like you have that, and it's like. When I was a kid, one of my favorite cartoons was Voltron, hmm. and and I I, I forget I don't know what channel it was, but I used to play reruns of it, and I oh my god, I used to be obsessed with the show, and I sat down to watch it. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah, and and it was funny watching the animation. I still remember. Did, did you watch that at all? Your or like somewhat? Just a just a little bit. I didn't, I didn't catch much of it. There there was the whole thing. They're all different colors. Like the the people in it had different color suits. Right. And, and all I remember is I'm watching it. to a different cell to show someone's reaction. They cut back to him and it was as if the animator just said, oh, fuck, I'm out of green. And he was colored pink. <laughs> <laughs> and there was like no acknowledgement that he had a different suit. 
and then it cuts something else, and it cuts back, and he's back to green. And it's like, yep. my God, like when we were kids, like you wouldn't have noticed that at all. And, and it's like that's the stuff that's funny to think. It's like, what did our parents think when they sat and watched us, like washing this thing? Oh yeah, because I mean, how many things would we drag them to, yeah, or you know? It's just like how, how like that's like why I wonder, like, what's it gonna be like when I'm watching stuff with my kids, and like, oh, because like. That's the hard thing, like when we, especially because like, we have that inner critic in us. Yeah, it's gonna be so hard. To be like you watch this, <laughs> what the hell? Because <laughs> it's like you you want to let them have that childhood. Because you know the cartoons. Like, I remember watching like when I was a kid, like, Count Duckula and Yeah House. And, like I loved all those like weird British cartoons growing up. And it's like you know they don't make an ounce of sense, but it's like you need to have that little weird thing that you're into. And, and it's like you want to let them have that, but it's just you sit there and it's like what the hell? Like how? How did this get made, first of all? Yeah. And then they get these, like, cult followings. It's like, that. that's the stuff. Because like, I remember when I was a kid, Voltron was a huge deal. Like, those little toys and everything was all over. Yep. And it was really badly drawn. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make an ounce of sense. <laughs> and there was all these things <laughs> with it. But it's like, it's that nostalgia factor that we have. Like, that's, and we remember it. And that's what it's like, you know, it's hard to go back. Like, that's what the one thing I enjoy, you know, with, with the two things we've been talking mostly about, beer and horror movies. Like you can go back, and it's your 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 palate or your whatever adjusts. You can still get something out of it because you have that memory locked somewhere of like, well, I like this at some point. I know this isn't good anymore. You know, I, I've moved on. I have other things, but I still have that thing that's locked in my brain that says, hey, "Remember, remember when you saw this? Like yeah, Friday the Thirteenth? Like any of those? Like this is not. I, I've watched them so many times." They're awful. Like they don't make. I mean, they don't make any sense. I can't even like under you know make that clear. <laughs> but you still watch them all the time. Like and especially around Halloween when that comes on, you're so happy to see like AMC's. Oh my God, they're playing like all these Friday the 13th movies. Yep. And you like sit there and watch them. It's like all right, because there's that part of your brain that's like it's like maybe it's your lizard brain just holding on to it. <laughs> but there's just something there that's like locked in, and you 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 go back to that. Mm-hmm. And that's what's like nice with those things. Like, and I feel like with horror movies more than anything, you have that. Cause it's like you, you can't really watch. Like you're not going to really watch a documentary repeatedly. You know, you kind of get it. Maybe you want to watch it one more time, but it's not something you're going to sit and watch over and over and over and over. Yeah. And even like comedies, like you know, there's certain ones that'll be there, but it's like you're not going to watch all of them because it's just you know the hits. But for some reason, there's something with horror movies when your brain's lashed into that. You can watch them. I, I don't know how many times I've watched Evil Dead or Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you how many times I've seen those. And I have infinite numbers of copies of those things mm-hmm. on every different format that they put out because I had to have them. And it's like, well, why do I have to keep Why do I have to buy it on Blu ray now? Just because it came out on Blu ray, I'm going to buy it on Blu ray. You just got to buy it buy it. And it's like, all right, well, it, it, you just have to do it because it, when you have that part of your brain in there, and I think that's where these two worlds overlap. Like I was saying, with you know, the, the, the beer nerd and the, the you know, nerd nerd. I mean, I hate using that term nerd even anymore because it's just like it doesn't yeah. mean like to us. Like a nerd was like we were we were picked on when we were kids. We had glasses. oh yeah, like you know we were nerds. Like we were picked on. Nerd now is totally w- different. Wait, thing. were <laughs> I still am? <laughs> It's just such a different thing now. It, it sucks because it's like it, it doesn't have that same tinge to it. I don't want to poo-poo on it because it's in some things it kind of gives you know validation for, for everything. And it kind of makes you like, all right, you don't feel as – I don't want to say you ever feel ashamed. Like I never really fully gave a shit because it's like, look, I like this stuff. 
I, I don't really care. Like, sure. You know, I wasn't like the one getting wedgies. Like mm-hmm. I at least had size on my my, my uh, you know side for everything. I wasn't getting wedgies and picked on uh, that bad, but it, it was just I was always into my own thing, and that was where it was. Yeah. And that's where you see the difference now is like the kids. Get off my lawn! <laughs> but like, if you see with things now, yeah. it's just a different. The, the term means something totally different. Yeah, and that, that's what I don't like about it. That's where I feel like it's been co-opted and, and taken into some other realm that I, I don't like because it, it is something more than just glasses and you know tight jeans or whatever the hell people start throwing at that term now. Because it just to me, people that are tagged as nerds are. Hipsters, I guess. I don't know how else to phrase it. I hate to poo-poo on hipsters either, because that's a whole other. Oh yeah, it's a whole other <laughs> ball of wax that I'm sure we'll we'll get into at some point. But you know, yeah, it's 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 tough because. Um you know, I get joy out of it in the sense that, uh, you know, nerds always have had that conversation over the years where you're like, uh, you know, you're trying to convince someone that what you like is really cool. Like, no, no, no. If you really just, you know, analyze the story and you really look at the. No, and yeah, and they're just never going to get it. Now it's like the opposite where I have friends who are like, I'm not going to see that movie until you can see it with me. So you can sit there and like help me along like, Oh, who's that guy? And then I could just, I can give them like, you know, a really brief synopsis of who that character is. And then they're fine when they move on, you know, and, but they're into it, you know, and it, you don't have to convince people anymore that those things are legitimate in any way or that they're worth their time. So, uh, so I get joy out of that part of it. Um, at the same time, I think uh, you don't have. You, I think you have more passing fans now, or people who are just kind of, oh yeah, I like everything, you know. Or, or it, it's it's weird. Like, um, I kind of have the feeling. Uh, Trent Reznor said this a long time ago, where uh, you know he got to a point of success with his music that he started. He, he's, he said I, the people who would have beat me up in high school, the, re- the whole reason that I'm making this music. Uh, are the ones now in my audience, you know, like moshing along to the music and stuff like that. And that bothers me, you know, because it's like I, I, I made this, you know, to, to, to deal with that. And now these guys are missing the point and they're getting away from that. And now they're, now they're here, you know, like this should be just for me and my people sort of thing, you know, but there's a point where you just have to, you know, kind of let that go. And, and I guess, you know, you feel the same way with like, uh, like, like I see the superhero films now and, you know, I've literally seen guys who picked on me in school for liking comic books, you know, walking in a Walmart or a gas station or something like that with a Spider-Man T-shirt on. It's like when I was a kid, I actually had to go to the comic store to buy a Spider-Man T-shirt because they just didn't exist anywhere else. Or you had to try to order out of the back or something. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to order from you somewhere. Get ripped off. Then we're ordering stuff, then when you get ripped off, you're like, well, what do I do? I have to write an angry letter, and then you get like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fired off, but like, I remember ordering, I don't know, I remember ordering a bunch of punk band t-shirts, I don't remember what, and I never got them. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, there's no phone number, so I like, you know, wrote a 12-year-old angry letter, which is probably like, I'm going to tell my mom, or something, <laughs> and just fired that on, and I still never got anything. <laughs> sure. But it was like, that, that's like, it's such a different world now, and I think that's where, where part of it, that our generation we're getting to be a little more precious about our childhood. Is like I think in our generations where that really flipped because, you know, we had that culture of what well, were really nerds and, and you know miscreants growing up, and then that flipped in the '90s with like Nirvana and everything breaking, and then and they, they were another one that was very open of like you know we wrote this because we hate 
these people and how these people are in our audience. Oh, yeah. They, Cobain they definitely talked about that. They love Austin. I hate in them. some of their hit music, you yeah, know? They had songs about, like, um, it was, I don't remember the lyrics, but it was like, all my pretty words. He's like, all my pretty words. And like, yeah. You don't know what it means, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like that was the big slight to them of like, you don't get what this is about. And I feel like that's where our generation is, that, you know, we had that. We were of a set mind to know what's happening when it was going on. Yeah. And we were at a young mind, too, so we really soaked it up because we were into it. We were on that preteen cusp of where everything in the world is, you know, affecting us. So we really remember that and really key in on that. Sure. So it's kind of more of a, a slight to us when we see these things where it's going now because it's like, no, no. Like, I really <laughs> remember what it was like. It's not like a pretend thing. Like, you know, because that's where I think it's different with kids who were born in the 90s. It was already starting, that, that ball was already starting downhill hmm. because you had pop culture of like, you know, punk was in pop culture and all these things were in mainstream that were at one time solely counterculture. Right. And it was already, by the 90s, it was already really, it was still somewhat underground, but it was going up, and it was like, you know, getting ready to really come down, and that's where it wound up going, and now, you know, what was counterculture, there is, it's kind of hard to say, like, what is counterculture now? Because I was thinking about that, that in the 70s, you knew what counterculture was, and now, yeah, I don't know if you could really define what counterculture is. I think it's almost just uh, it's now just broken into levels of interest and in different yeah. things like it's just a uh, different subcultures of of, uh, you know, well, I'm interested in this or I'm interested in that. It's not necessarily like uh, a rebellion, you know, against anything or whatever. It's just, oh, they're different and they're over there and we're different. and We're over here. And it yeah, it's some tribes now. And that's how it is. There's no I'm rebelling against something. It's just there is no that, uh, you know, rebelling against anything you got. Like, there's none of that attitude anymore. It's just. It's all the same, and people just kind of go into little tribes, and that counterculture, that, that's why I think some things are lost with that, because there's no set, I don't want to say enemy, but there's no set focus on what people are you know, rebelling against, or like, I don't like what this, there's just, you know, the, the worst we have now is, you know, the rights and the lefts and political things, with, and, and most of the stuff they argue is nonsense, so it's like, it, it doesn't mm. matter really at the, the heart of society the way things used to. Right. And, and, you know, the people who who argue the loudest about that stuff are not, nowhere near representative of the average person oh, yeah. at all. Or even representative of that party most of the time. They just have a big mouth. Yeah. <laughs> that's really about the end of it. Yeah, that's true. And it's, it's sad. And I think that that's a reflection on a lot of things, because that's especially with like horror. I mean, horror was a mirror to society with all of those classic horrors. That's what it was. It was holding a mirror like Dawn of the Dead. It was holding up a mirror on consumerism and all. And that's what all of those movies were. And, like, that's, you see a difference now. It's just total nihilism. That's how the horror movies are. Yeah. There is none. It's just like, you know, the, the whole torture porn phase that we went through. Yeah. It, it's just, there's nothing. And that's kind of what it is. It's, it's nothingness. And that's where it seems to be at now. So it's like when you get to that point, well, then what the hell else? If you're a nihilist, I mean, what the hell else do you got? I mean, 
Yeah, and I, I feel like there there are more, uh, you know, there's there, it's not like there's a lack of things to talk about, yeah. but it just seems like they're not really they're they're addressed in like for example, uh, you know, technology. We're so obsessed with technology now. We're so into technology. I mean, here we are, you know, building something around technology. My whole life now, <laughs> you know, with NEPAC and is surrounded by technology and and dependent on it. And uh, the most you see, like, like you know, most of the uh, horror stuff that involves technology is, like, awful and stupid. You know, it's not, like, well, it's so obviously, like, goofy, like, that it's over the top, it's you know? impossible, because they, when they try to do that, like, all right, a movie's going to take two years. How quick does technology change? So they're going to do something. That's true. And then by the time that the movie's done and out there, it's already outdated. Right. And it looks ridiculous. It's like, like I'm waiting for the MySpace horror movie to come. <laughs> because it's like that's such how things are because of the way things get stuck in development and it comes out yeah i didn't see that unfriended i feel like it wasn't a, that's that's a perfect example yeah. of that but you know that where it's just came across like it, it was timely mm-hmm. i don't probably because they made it in 15 minutes yeah, that's, I mean, what it, that's what it seemed like it was just like i to me i felt like as soon as i saw the commercial i'm like all right that, that's not for me and that's fine it's just like that's not for me i don't know anyone that saw it i don't know anything about it I just took it as like that was not my demographic, and I'm I'm cool with that. That's fine, but it was just like that. At least seen from the commercial, like okay, they're going for a technology horror film that's at least you know current. Because I mean, they had the other ones with like the cell phone stuff, and it was always all these old Nokia brick phones. <laughs> and, like, and even at the time, they had just missed the cutoff for like oh, smartphones are out. Well, now they're releasing this movie with you know Nokia. <laughs> it just, right. It just doesn't work at all. Yeah. So that's the problem you're doing technology is like you're always up against it. It's just I would stay away from that. Like, like I'm, uh, you know, uh, here's an example. Uh, you know, I, I I like The Walking Dead. I, I enjoy it. Uh, you know, there's not a ton of focus on that. You know, like, uh, I mean, considering The Walking Dead happens now, you know, it's like if the zombie apocalypse were to happen right now, this is this is how it would be. Um, but there's not a lot of people who you, who you see, like, I guess because you're looking at the survivors who can get past, like, an obsession with technology or things like that. But you don't see uh, maybe a lot of talking about that and, and the fact that, you know, the, the that what we've left behind is that world of, you know, obsession with technology and personal possessions and things like that. And that's all gone now. Uh, but you don't really see a lot of reflection or talking about it in any way. It's not really addressed other than the fact that, like, you know, they're living in yeah. the roads and stuff. It's more uh, – it's, it, it's especially now uh, as the TV shows, the seasons go on, it's uh, more just into that uh, that big bad thing where, you know, every season is another big bad that they have to get past or they have to kill this guy or, you know, this guy's trying to screw everything up for them so they have to get him and, you know, move on and stuff. And it starts to become a little formulaic where you're like, okay, I, I enjoy this, but I'm starting to lose that interest because there's not maybe that extra bit of relevance there, you know, whereas, you know, you see some of the, the, the really great shows that are going to last a long, long time uh, that, that stick with you. Uh, that with the writing and everything like that, uh, you know, things like Breaking Bad and, and stuff where uh, there, there's something else going on there besides the yeah, immediate it's story. Another meaning. It's like a parallel thing happening. Sure. There's other stuff going on. And, and I think part of it is because of, and this is the one thing like that gets dangerous with the way nerd culture has become what it is because now there is a backlash. And, and, I, and that's the one thing I don't like is like now we get to see, you know, a zombie TV show. Like when I was a kid, like watching horror movies, and I was just a kid. When I was like a teenager watching horror movies, like I would have been freaking out. Like, oh my god, they have, I would have been 
crazy fan for that. And now we have that, and oh, well, you know, I don't <laughs> like that they're, they're doing the, the, oh, they're just talking. And like, it just, everyone has, like, and that's what, I, it, it sucks when this stuff happens. And it, like, same thing is happening with craft beer now. You see a lot of those people, like, they, they're getting into it. It's like, we have so much more at our disposal than we ever did. You should be thankful that you can complain and be a dick about it. We're spoiled. Yeah, like just take a step. We really back are. And like look around, like oh my god, like we have all of this. Like there's all these, even like the horror movies. You know, we're we're blessed to have. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm religious now. <laughs> we have these, you know, companies like Scream Factory or uh, Vinegar Syndrome and Synapse that are putting out long lost horror movies on Blu-ray. And yeah. Giving them like 4K restoration and like all of this stuff and oh, I don't like the cover art they chose. Like, <laughs> you, like, you could never even got to see the movie before unless you had a piece of shit VHS tape that was just warped beyond belief, and you're gonna complain because oh, I don't, I don't like like no, like, <laughs> you get this. Like just be happy that you can have this, and and take a step back and realize like. Wow, I actually this is around. Sure, I know I'm asking a lot because when you get into this mindset of the, the collector, the OCD takes over, and you're just. <laughs> but it's like that's just like even within the beer thing. Like I see that all the time. Like I hear from people all the time that are that are complaining about something. It's like just relax and just like be happy. Like if you don't like it, don't buy it. Like don't like. There's no point in going out there and just blabbering on about how this sucks. I don't like this. And they're doing this. And that. Like, don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about the business stuff and everyone talking about the buyouts. Of, like, I, I get that. I get, like, you want to drink local. You want to support the, the small businesses. But it's still a business. And things are going to happen. And unless they buy something out and drastically change it and it was a great product and now it's the worst thing ever, Yeah, that's when you start to complain. You don't right. complain before that happens. You should, I mean, I think you should be a little happy, like, okay, you know what? This brewery got bought out. I, know, I always heard they were really good, but I never got to have them because they were too small. Well, now they're going to be all over the place. So, you know what? Go try it. And then if it sucks, then shit all over them like, <laughs> as much as you want. But it's just like the, the pre, you know, everyone being insulted before anything happens. That's what's getting, like, I, I can't stand that stuff anymore. Within, within both those worlds. Like, that's what's tough is like dancing in the world of like I love a lot of the horror stuff and get into like writing about horror and get into beer and writing about beer. Like those are the two worlds where you see that the most and you see the people getting like insulted. It's like if if that's all you got going on, you should try to re, you know, prioritize <laughs> it's like you gotta find something else to be really angry about if that's what it is. It's like there's so much more like just kind of take a step back and be thankful like we have like these kind of beers out there, and it's like that's what's great like that we have these movies that we never would have been able to see. Like I mean, there's a bunch of movies I have on VHS that I don't think they'll ever get put on anything else. Sure. Like, you know what? It, it, maybe someday someone will, and that's awesome. And like I'm not gonna complain that like oh well they didn't uh, you know they they didn't put in a, an interview with the director who's been dead for 30 years. Like well I don't. Because <laughs> that's the stuff I get upset about is like the extras and this, and it's like just that it's out there. You should be supporting these people and just and not ripping them off online and trying to do all like just try to support as much as you can. Like and I get it, I don't need freaking money either. But you just try to support like where you can, and then then if you're supporting and you don't like what's going on, then you know what? Then you have a little bit more of a right to complain instead of just like, I'm not going to buy it because it's not. Like, 
cares? Yeah. It's like the guy is like, well, I'm not going to vote because everyone's an idiot. Well, then don't complain about anything. Because <laughs> it's like you can't have both. Yeah. It's like you just kind of leave it alone. And that's like well, within the beer stuff. Like I see that constantly with a lot of these people are complaining about what they're doing or, or they're, they're doing too much in this or last year's be- batch was better. And it's like that's awesome that you have that much passion about it. But just kind of take a step back and realize it's cool that I can do this. Yeah. And take a breather on it instead of just going right to the Internet. And that's what, that's that's the only thing I think is has ruined a lot of this stuff for both of us in this thing is it, it, the Internet has made a level playing field so that everyone has a voice, even the people that shouldn't be. <laughs> yes, and there are, there are plenty of people that, that yeah. really, really shouldn't talk. And, and the, the fact is, too, is, uh, you know, a lot of these people – you know, uh, because they're speaking so loud over everybody else, you know, somebody uh, who's maybe at the brewery, for example, they're reading all this negative stuff, and then it discourages them from what they're doing. And and that's with any art, any passion at all. You know, and that's sad because then they're not going to see the millions of other people who think it's great, but maybe they just didn't say anything. And so now they're just seeing a bunch of negative comments or, you know, negative emails or things like that. Stuff that, that makes it a little more of a unique art compared to the other stuff is that you know you have to factor in when you drink it. Like when you're getting a fresh bottle, because you might get something that's been sitting on the shelf in a store. Because you know a bunch of bottle shops and stuff will sit on the shelves for years sometimes without them rotating it out. And most of the consumers, when you go in, I know if I'm in a hurry, if I'm going to grab something, I don't look at the date. I just you know it's like when you're going to the grocery store, you're not checking everything all the time. You grab something, go home, and drink it, and oh, this is awful. Mm. And, you, and you might be someone that never thinks to look. You just assume, oh, this is a bad beer, and you jump on the Internet and type it in, and then you know, you, it turns out, well, it's two years old. <laughs> it had nothing to do with, with the, the beer itself was actually – and I, I've talked to people at breweries before, and they've said, like, yeah, we've gotten reviews from people, and when we've tracked it down, because they put you know, the numbers on everything, so everything labeled, they can find exactly what batch that was in. Wow. And they'll go and they'll be like, yeah, that's a couple years old. You shouldn't be drinking that at all. Hmm. And that'll happen a lot of stuff. And then what ends up happening is then if people are going on, that's why I always thought of like, just don't go on those rating websites because like you don't know what anyone. It's like yeah, it could be anybody. Yeah, it's anything that's going on like IMDb for a movie before you watch it. Like, don't just. Yeah. If you're going to go, if you want to see about an actor or something, it's great. But don't look at the number on it before you watch it because it's like you have no idea. I mean, some of the movies, if you're watching some, like, real weird, obscure stuff, like, we watch, like, you might, only, you might see, like, 200 people have rated it. Then they're probably going to be more in line with you because if you're one of 200 people that have watched that movie, <laughs> you're kind of in this little, you know, click of, like, all right, I know what weird stuff is. <laughs> so you have an idea. But yeah. for most of the stuff, it's just stay away from that. Like, have your own opinion, especially within beer because th- there's so many things that can go on. And then, like, you also don't know if the bottle shop properly stored it. You know, or if the distributor properly stored it, because it's got to go from brewery to distributor, wait for the distributor to divvy it out to bar or bottle shop or wherever else it's going, and then sit there until you buy it. So there's all these things that could happen along the way, and it's not always the best stuff, because sometimes like distributors will just kind of push off whatever they have, and it might not be, and it's not fair for the breweries. And that's why it's good. Like, you know, if you can, get to the brewery, go to the source, try it there, because how that is is how it is. And if you have a problem, you can also tell them right there, and they'll be more than happy to talk to you. And that's, I mean, I think within limits, because I'm sure there'll be enough people who'll be like, oh, well, 
Sure. Like we're, we're sitting here, like we both enjoy this beer. Some people may not like this because this is a little, it's a big beer. It's 10%. The, the bourbon notes might be a little bit too much for some people that aren't you know, more accustomed to it. But, you know, this is stuff that we're, we're used to. You know, that's all subjective. So even when you're going on these rating sites, like you don't know what that person, they might have never had a beer like this before and it's just too much for them. Oh, I'm giving it a one. I, th- I think the be- the best you can do is uh, find people who uh, share your interests or share your tastes in s- specific things, and then follow those people. Um, because you know, if if you really want to get influenced by reviews at all, you know, like I try to go into movies not really reading the reviews. You know, if I'm interested in something, you know, I'll watch the trailer, and if I think it looks good, I'm gonna go see it. I don't care what anybody says about it. Uh, but, you know, in some cases, like maybe there's something where I'm like, mm, I could go either way on this. I could either, you know, spend the two hours or, you know, like as an adult, you, you have less and less free time. So you kind of have to say, oh, well, you know, maybe I can see this or this. But one of them is going to slip through the cracks. So a lot of times, you know, I'll hit the review sites that I know the reviewer, you know, writes reviews that I usually agree with. Or, you know, uh, in, in the case of this, you know, uh, you know, find somebody who has your taste in beer and talk to them about it first before you get into it. Or they know what your taste is so they can, you know, make a proper recommendation. So, you know, you, they're not saying, oh, yeah, go check this out. And then you spend, you know, in some cases, a good amount of money, yeah. Yeah, you know. Like, especially with the beer stuff, because some people will just read a review somewhere and be like, oh, it's supposed to be. And then a lot of these beers up like this crazy amount of hype and people are traveling across country to get it or ordering it and selling it to their newborn or whatever they can get. And they do all these crazy things to get the beer and no matter what it tastes like, it's going to be amazing to them. Yeah. And if that's and if that's just as bad as, you know, someone saying this beer is awful without you trying it, it's just as bad for, you know, to go in thinking, oh, this is going to be the best beer ever because, you know what, it, it might not be because so few things can live up, anything can live up to that kind of hype. Yeah. Because it's going to be subjective unto yourself. Like I said, I was saying, like, all these other things influence it, too. Like, if you sit down to have this beer that, you know, you waited all these months to have and, like, you just had the shittiest day of your life and you're, like, really bummed out and pissed off, it might not be as good. If right. you're in the middle of having one of the greatest days you've ever had and you sit down to celebrate and it might be phenomenal. So there's all these other things that can go on with it, but you kind of have to take that into subjective because you also don't know when people are rating, like, what they're going through what it was like. You can't just say, oh, everyone says, on the waiting, rating websites, it's, you know, everyone, this is 100. Like, well, all right, that's cool. What do you think? Like, yeah. That's, that's what really matters. Like, what do you think about it? Like, don't sell me on what the website says or what this is rated or what awards it won. What, is, what do you think it is in front of you? If you want to know more about it, then learn a little more about that kind of stuff. But don't let that sell it to you try the stuff and then work everything else into it. And it should be that with a lot of stuff. But the problem is, is like, you know, you said, you know, us good Americans don't have time for anything. (laughs) We want to have it microwave. We want to have it instant. We want to be done with it. And that's what a lot of it is. And that's what kind of falls by the wayside with some stuff like this that should be a little more attention paid to it. But, you know, it's all on the person what they want. If they are just going down to the bar to have a drink, then they really don't, they don't really give a shit about what it is. Then, 
but if you want to have something and have a little more substance to it, you got to put a little more legwork into it. And so that with anything, with like enjoying a good movie, it, it helps to understand, you know, when it was made, like watching a film like you know, the original The Hills Have Eyes, like understanding what that was saying at the time it was made gives a little more to it. Same thing with like Dawn of the Dead or any of these classics, like understanding what was going on at the time and understanding what was happening around it. Sure. Gives a little more to it. It'll be interesting to see with, with like the beer stuff, like where styles go because we're in this, like we're in the midst of this craziness right now that we've never seen in this country. And it'll be interesting to see like where this goes, like looking back historically, because I mean, you just go back 10 years and it was just a totally different market. Like there was craft beer, but it wasn't what it is now. Like you weren't finding these crazy beers all over the place. And now it's just getting bigger and bigger. And they just released stats for like last year and it's grown even more. And I mean, just in the past, not even 10 years, it's doubled in market size. I mean, you don't see that growth in anything. And that was <laughs> through the recession, through everything. It just kept growing and doubling and just become this huge thing. And now it'd be interesting to see where it goes. But there's just a lot to this. And uh, I think as we progress through this stuff, like we'll want to dive into a shit ton more. Oh, sure. Yeah. I know uh, craft beer has certainly uh, converted me over the years. You know, I mean, I wasn't a, a beer drinker at all at first. You know, it was something that I kind of came into you know, years later, you know, after I reached, you know, because I was never really like, uh, oh, I need to go drink in the woods with my friends as a teenager, you know, so it, I didn't really, I think the f the first, you know, real beer that I enjoyed was Yingling, you know, at at, uh, at that point, all I had was, uh, you know, things like Miller Lite and stuff like that, that just had that, you know, skunky taste and, and just wasn't, you know, what I was looking for. And so I always just kind of assumed all beer was like that. And for the most part, at that time, I was kind of right. You know, there was mostly just that kind of stuff. And then, you know, once I realized, oh, there are beers out there that could be good, then it was like, oh, now there's all these different kinds and stuff. And now you see so many people are discovering that, you know, oh, there's a difference between a stout and an IPA and this and that. And, you know, they all have these different nuances and yeah. stuff to them. So, you know, even even though I'm, I'm more of a, a casual fan when it comes to this kind of stuff, like uh, I'm, I'm not picky when it comes to this kind of stuff, so I'll try anything. But uh, but I'm not as experienced as uh, as Derek here, so I, I, it'll be interesting to see you know how we uh, you know differ as well as uh, agree on some of these things because so it's just it's crazy to think back. I remember my first beer was a Bush. I still remember that. Yeah. Having that and it's like this is beer. <laughs> right. This was the big deal. This is the worst thing I've ever had. Yeah. And it's just seeing where that's gone, and now you know we have that availability of all these different styles thing with any of it is just getting knowledge out to people and not in a non-pretentious way because that's, like, that's what I think the difficulties is, are with a lot of this is just the people that tend to get really into it and know it a lot just as you know anybody with that you know I keep saying it but the nerd brain cell when you have that you can kind of come across as being very intimidating sure because you have the knowledge and you know we tend to all of us with the best intentions we tend to come across as kind of as much as we try not to, yep. you just get the, oh, you didn't, oh, I wouldn't have that. <laughs> you just no matter what, you didn't mean to, but and you may not sound that way, but that's how that person hears you. Yeah, yeah. they don't know what they're talking about, they already feel intimidated going up. Like if they're going to a bar and there's like 30 taps, yeah. like 400, 500 bottles, and they're like, um, what do you recommend? Like, you don't need to be the guy that goes, oh, <laughs> just, you know 
if you want to get someone into stuff, just be like cool to them, talk to them. You don't have to even tell them everything you know. Just like ask them what they like and just be a good person, and that'll pay off more. And if you want to be that guy that wants to to hoard the culture for yourself, then cool. Hang out in your basement and hoard <laughs> all you want. But right. Just, like don't you don't have to do that stuff. And that's that's where I think is going to kind of save a lot of the the way the culture is going with stuff is don't make it an us against them type deal. Yeah. And that's what the problem is. That's where a lot of it's gone. And it'll eventually come back around. And it'll we'll go back underground like we were. And it'll be that's how it'll be. Sure. It just it, everything's in cycles. Like and that's what that's what'll everything'll separate out. Just if it did with like all the punks and all the stuff when that became a big thing that fell out and that's just how it is and like that'll happen with this culture and the way people are looking at things. It'll go back to the way it was. And as long as you're still into it, that's all that matters. Absolutely. You hang on to that passion. And we'll hang on to our passion and we'll wrap this bad boy up. All right. And then uh, we'll be back again though. Yeah. Talk yeah. more about beer and probably horror movies because that's uh that's the two best things out there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So we will talk to you soon and we'll be back uh I don't know week, two weeks, whenever we get around to it. Sure. Thanks for listening. We're busy, guys.
Replaced with Piccadilly horse in my ear for some syrup. 